0: This was about good and evil that day. Some say it's not a business journalist's job to blather on about such issues. I disagreed then, I disagree now. After all, from my days back at CNBC more than a decade ago, I had no problem putting my emotion into my work then. I have had no problem putting my heart into the stories, particularly tragic stories like 9-11 since. One could argue that anchors must be passive, even emotionless observers. By that definition, I guess I do not measure up. But in covering this story from its sad first moments to the legions of funerals and eulogies and tragic anniversaries that would follow, I'd cover it somewhat differently. Not as a television anchor, but as something more. A human being. After the Terror. Searching, hoping. September 18, 2001. Finally this hour, a small perspective on a huge event. A few little things that may help make sense of this big national pain. So many of you have shared so many wonderful stories that speak volumes on the American spirit. Like Sally Ann Novak from Greensburg, Pennsylvania, who tells me of taking her mom out to lunch just to, as she says, get away from the television for a while. She mentioned the two policemen eating lunch behind her at the restaurant and the stranger who quietly picked up their bill. There's the traitor on Wall Street who attached a picture of his buddy, fear dead, on his lapel. I'm here for him, he says, even though I'm not really here at all. And those kids with the lemonade stand, raising hundreds of dollars for the relief effort, nickels and dimes and quarters at a time. And the great school students in New York who decided to draw flags and hand them out because there were no real flags to be found. I know, small stuff, but I think big stuff, important stuff. More important than stocks or money or investments or price earnings or EBITDA or any of that stuff. A lot of my usual business guests talked about that stuff. A lot of them are gone. Like David Alger of Alger Management. As warm and funny as he was prescient and just plain smart. A guy who once said of this market, Neil, it's like life. Better things come along. Or Bill Meehan of Canter Fitzgerald. Always offering me help advice with a smile and a wink and one time inquiring about my favorite chocolate snack. What exactly are yodels? And the many others I talked to, listened to, and learned from. It's as if they were just here, then, like that, they were not. One of life's cruel little twists that leaves a big, gaping void. And me, still wondering what it all means. I have no idea. 9-11 and my dad, September 24th, 2001. I'll never forget one of the saddest days of my life. It was my father's funeral. A lot of important people were there, the heads of a lot of companies, including his own, and some politicians. They impressed me both by coming and by saying so many nice things about my dad. But I'll never forget the other folks who came. Truck drivers and restaurant owners who knew my dad well, and just wanted to pay their respects. Some literally came right from work, hardly dressed for a wake or funeral, but hardly caring. Certainly I didn't. They were the salt of the earth, the most decent folks you'd ever want to meet. Some gathered to say nice words, others to say nothing at all. They said they'd set up a memorial, and they did. They meant what they said, they said what they meant. Little guys who stood for big things. Just like little investors who were now told did, in fact, buy stocks last week while those big, important guys sat on their hands. The folks at market research firm Barini Associates confirming what I already knew, that small trades under 10,000 shares were positive last week right after the attacks. Trades over 10,000 shares were negative, actually very negative. Let me say that again. Small investors were buying, big investors were selling. Small investors bought what they could. Big investors sold pretty much anything they could. Both aimed to show their patriotism. I'm not saying it's un-American to sell, but it is un-American to say you won't and then you do. Some big guys did that. No small guy that I know of even considered that. Proof that the little guy has a big heart and doesn't make light of something called his word. Forgive, But Don't Forget, October fifteenth, two 2001. What I'm about to say sounds like financial heresy, but here goes. A lot of companies are going to come up with a lot of excuses for a lot of lousy sales and earnings numbers these next few weeks. I say we cut them slack and let them. I know more than a few of them are going to use the September 11th event, as they're calling it, as a reason for all of these troubles. Some are justified, some are not. I just don't think at this time we question them. Not now. If some of those companies want to throw in the baby with the bathwater, so be it. They can't do it forever, so let's let them do it now. Here's why. There'll be plenty of time to scrutinize an attack. Now is not that time. There'll be plenty of time to truly hold management accountable. Now is not that time. There'll be plenty of time to see if all these layoffs were justified. Now is not that time. So I say give them a pass on this quarter. A lot of us do the same for our kids. Some are acting a bit strangely, maybe not doing as well at school, maybe more frustrated at home. A lot is going on in their little lives. Who are we to play the heavy in their lives when they're dealing with all of this heavy stuff? So I want to treat companies just like we do our kids, with a bit more leeway and a lot more understanding. I'd much rather hold them accountable for what they can do now than for what they didn't do then. Like our kids, they might be making excuses, but like our kids, for now, I'm going to let them. Two months after the terror, the crash of American Airlines Flight 587, November 12, 2001. Sometimes statistics don't really mean much. That's crazy for me, a business news guy, to say. But on a day like today, they mean even less. I know you're a thousand times more at risk in a car than on a plane, more likely to get hit crossing the street than flying above the street. Precisely because they are so rare, plane crashes garner so much attention, especially now, especially with a nation in fear. I'm not here to judge what brought down American Airlines Flight 587, The wall signs, at least early on, point to some sort of mechanical failure. For the flying public, I don't think it matters. They're planes scared of planes. But you can bet your bottom dollar it very much matters to the people who run our airline industry, just as they were enticing people back into their planes, another reason for people to avoid them. Had this happened prior to September 11th, it might have given people pause, but it likely would not have given people panic. Now, many say they won't fly. I think that's a mistake, but a natural reaction. Rallying the public's opinion is one thing. Overcoming their fears is quite another. They'll fight the good fight, but today that fight has become a lot tougher. Don't Let Evil Win, October 12, 2001 Fear is a powerful emotion. It can stop you. It can paralyze you. It can turn you inward. It can turn you away. From shopping malls from movie theaters, from restaurants, and sporting events. It can take a sunny disposition and make it miserable. It can take hope and turn it into despair. It is a cancer that eats at our very soul and inflicts all souls. It is the stuff of which depressions are made on a mind and on an economy. It stops people from buying stocks. It stops people from buying socks. It stops people, period. And terrorists know it. They delight in it. They relish it. They look forward to it. And when they kill our people, they plan on it. I say, enough of it. If for no other reason than because it gives them something to gloat over. We are stronger than they are cruel. We are more hopeful than they are awful. We are as good as they are evil. They hope that by startling us, they can stop us or at least slow us. I say, they don't know us. The greatness of a people is defined not by the good times they enjoy, but by the tough times they endure. A good stock will always come back. Fundamentals dictate that. A good people will always come back. History proves that. The short seller will try to stop the good stock but fail. Murderers will try to stop the good people but will also fail miserably. Response to an ass. October 3rd, 2001. Responding to an email from one Mr. Abraham, who condemned me for characterizing the September 11th attacks as acts of terror, he argued that they were acts of war against a country that had victimized and oppressed people. For good measure, Mr. Abraham called me clueless and fat. Fat? I much prefer hefty. But to your bigger point, Mr. Abraham, you're an ass. And here's why.